Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. A very practical, uh, a very practical message that I truly believe is going to land right where you are living right now. Everybody say, "Oh me." Oh me. So I want to speak to you from this this subject today, and I've given it a title. I found hope, <laughs> but where is freedom? I found hope, but where? Is freedom because I believe that you can you can accept Jesus and the Bible tells us that, that he is our hope you can accept hope but how many knows there are many Christians in the world today that are not walking in freedom you can have hope I know hope I've got hope but where is freedom I think for many believers when 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 they when they give their lives to Christ and they become a Christ follower or a Christian would say I found hope but then life happens and things get crazy and then you're and, you, and you're starting to see old stuff and old patterns resurface back in your life and you be, you begin to feel to feel locked up again or in prison so to speak and you, you cry out I got hope but where is my freedom So today I want us to talk about what it means to walk in freedom and how do we do it What does it mean to walk in freedom and how do we do it? I want to open up with this statement. It's simply this. The freedom that we have because of the cross should push us towards the true source of freedom, which is Jesus Christ. Love. Your freedom should push you towards freedom. But a lot of times we, we get saved and we, we, we realize that we really have freedom and, and, and we have a license. I mean, grace is not a license to sin. And we, 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 we don't know what to do with freedom. Think about think about students who graduate high school and, and they and they and that next day they wake up and they're like, what do I do? But they're also faced with tremendous freedom of the, the whole the whole world could be theirs. But how many knows they don't always go on the path that is most productive? Amen. Amen. So the evidence of freedom in our lives. Should be that we have fruit in our lives. Everybody say evidence. The evidence that you have freedom, there should be fruit that shows that. If you brought your Bibles this morning, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning with verse 17. And I'm going to read this in the NLT. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 17. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. Are you there yet? Say, I'm there. If not, check it out on the screen. Here it is. For the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let me read it again. For the Lord, everybody say Lord. The Lord is the spirit, and wherever that spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, that's a very familiar passage of Scripture to many of us, and typically when we read that Scripture in a corporate church setting like this, it usually gets the church fired up. I mean, we wrote, we've written songs like, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I mean, the church would get the well, Holy Ghost hot for those that remember Carmen back in the day. I just, I mean, that, that gets exciting. I've been saved. I've got grace, and I've got His mercy. And the Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But then Monday morning rolls back around, and we still feel like, we still feel the effects of what Sunday was, right? We're still hype, we're still juiced, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You wake up Monday, I'm free, I'm free indeed, it's great, right? And then what happens on Tuesday, when life happens, and we don't feel free anymore? Am I just talking to me? Okay, maybe, maybe you get a lot out of Sunday, and Monday, Tuesday's still good for you. Maybe it's Wednesday that life happens. Do you still feel free? 
I think the answer to the question and the answer can be found in 2 Corinthians 3.17 that we just read. But this time I want to read it in the Passion Translation. This is, this, is, this is incredible. It says, now the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. Lord. The Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever He is Lord, there is freedom. Wherever He's Lord. He can be your Savior, but is He your Lord? <laughs> this, this, you got to read between the lines. I'm trying to pull you right up to the sheep, but this, this is it. When I read it this way, it hit me. It said, wherever He is Lord, there is freedom. The definition of Lord is someone or something having power, authority, or influence, or a master or a ruler. That's the definition of a Lord. So Jesus is Lord. He is. But based on the definition of Lord, the question we've got to ask ourselves is this. Does Jesus have all power, all authority, and complete influence in your life? Because if he has all power and all authority and, and, and complete influence, there will be freedom. But if there's areas in your life that he is, doesn't have authority, there is no freedom. So you can have hope and still walk in bondage. Hello. Come on. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, wherever He's been given all power and authority, wherever where He is complete influence, there will be freedom. Romans 10, chapter 8, uh, excuse me, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Let's just flip over there real quick. It says this in the, in the NLT. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you were made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you were saved. Everybody say, out of my mouth. Out of my mouth. So, so when you get saved and you give your life to Jesus, you begin building your life on the foundation which is the rock, right? His name is Jesus. And His Spirit dwells in you and through you. And ultimately, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's why when we get saved, it's great. Everything's lovely. But then when life happens, when you lose somebody through death, when, when something, when something, and tragedy strikes and it's completely beyond anything you can comprehend, where's your freedom? What am I saying? When you make him Lord, you'll discover a freedom unlike anything you've ever experienced. So the question I'm asking you is, is he Lord? Does he have full authority? Think about your finances. Does he have full authority in your finances? Does he have complete control of your finances? God, I need you to touch. I need, I'm believing for a breakthrough in my finances. He can't break through because you're holding on to it. I'm not. I'm not talking about tithe. I'm not, I mean, it's true. If we're not, if we're not following scripture and what God has commanded us to do, this is not towards money. So, but I'm just, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I gotta have a, I gotta have a breakthrough. I, I need, I need a raise and, and I need, I need this new job. It's all connected to your obedience. He has all authority and all the influence is him. Not, I gotta hold on to this this week. I need to hold on to this. If, if, if he doesn't have influence, he can't bring the breakthrough that you feel like he needs. He wants to give you that. He's Lord, but it's your life and your decision. He just made it that way. Let me move along. Some of y'all be like, I'm not, I'm not. It's, it's about obedience, but it's in all areas of our life. Think about the area you struggle with the most. I read, I read something uh, this week that said, um, the area that I fear the most reveals the area that I trust God the least in. Ooh. Oh, oh. Think about where we are in the news media. All the stuff that you're fearing is showing you, my newsflash, that you don't trust God. Come on, brother. Well, I do trust God. No, you don't because you're fearful. Amen. Fear is not the opposite of faith. Faith is fe fear is faith in reverse. Amen. It's just faith in the wrong thing. It's putting more faith in stock in what Fox News, CNN. I could go through the whole list. Where's your faith this morning? Jesus. 
Christian, your life should look different. Let me just keep moving. When you walk into a room, the atmosphere should change. We talked about that. The difference between a, a, a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer tells me how hot it is in the room, what's going on in the room. But a thermostat tells me, yeah, this is what it is, but this is what it can be. When you walk into a room, when you walk into your home, you should be a thermostat of Jesus. It, when, when you walk in, something should change. Something should shift.
And it won't be a secret because you already know it. It's not a secret to God because he knows. Right? It doesn't make me judge. It does not make me judge. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't think that highly of myself. I'm just a broken, jacked up person just like you. But I surrendered. Amen. Because I was taught how to surrender for 46 years. Yeah, I'm talking a lot about it because y'all know September, October is coming. That's right around the corner. John chapter 8, verse 32 says this. For if you embrace the truth, everybody say the truth. Cool. Bible says that Jesus said, I am the way, the Whoa. truth, and the life. So if you embrace him, so it says, for if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. If you embrace truth, if you embrace this truth that we're breaking, the bread that we're breaking today, if you embrace this truth, you will experience freedom unlike anything you've ever experienced in your life. Believe that. Quick side note about freedom, because I believe it is extremely important. When we're talking about freedom, that we understand this. And this is my first point for today. Great freedom, with great freedom, comes great responsibility. Everybody say freedom will trip you up. Freedom will trip you up. Luke 12, 48 says, to whom much is given, much is required. That's not going to be on the screen. That's just a little appetizer for you. But Galatians 5, 13 says this. Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom. We're talking about where is freedom. He's called us to live a life of freedom. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an excuse. I love this version. To set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Come on. Woo. Come on. Woo. Basically what it's saying is don't use it as an excuse to indulge in your flesh. God has called us to live in freedom. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an excuse to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Wait, you mean freedom can actually be a problem in our lives? Absolutely, if it's not done right. If freedom is not used right, it will become the biggest problem. Freedom is the, freedom is the path that leads to your greatest victory, but freedom is also, it also has a path, a little side street, that will also lead you to destruction. It's called freedom. That's why churches and pastors and people sitting in pews all across America fall. They know they have hope, but they've, they've, they've left freedom or they've allowed. They're starting to use their freedom for themselves, and then they start going down the side street instead of towards victory. They go down a side street towards their destruction. It, all, it, was, it was freedom. Freedom unrestrained can be, can be detrimental to your spiritual health. And your physical health. We should use our freedom to constantly love each other and be committed to serve one another. Well, I don't believe that. That's, that's all Jesus did. He served people. So honoring God with our freedom means we must first recognize that there are things called Boundaries. We've talked about this in the past few weeks. Everybody say boundaries. Inside these boundaries is a turning away. Talk about how, where's freedom? Inside the boundaries, this, this right here is a list of boundaries. Inside of this is freedom. But there's also a turning away that happens from things that once held us captive. Some of us aren't experiencing freedom because we're still in prison. Clankety clank clank. There's a lot of set free Christians. Let me see, let me see. That's not how I want to say that. There's a lot of people, walk, Christians, walking in freedom, but they are they're incarcerated. Somebody say, how can you? Because if you're not applying freedom correctly, you're incarcerated. You can apply freedom. You can apply religious freedom and be incarcerated to religion rather than a relationship. You can be incarcerated to mechanics of the church and still be incarcerated. I know. I know. I like the way it was done in 
It's what Jesus told the woman who was caught in adultery. Everybody say caught. Caught. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go there. John chapter 8, verse 1. Let me just... Let me just... Uh, 8, verse 1. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. You ever notice how much time Jesus spends with people? As he was speaking, the teacher of religious law. <laughs> the teacher of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. Caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. The only right thing that those religious people did is they brought her to Jesus. That's the only thing That's they did. But it was their motives that was wrong. People come to church all the time. It's a good thing to hear. But are your motives right? And my motive is change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. Dad will sing that all the time around the house. So they brought her in front of the crowd and said, Teacher, they said to Jesus, This woman was caught in the act of adultery, the law of Moses. Everybody say law. Law. The law of Moses says to her, to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. <laughs> Not much change today. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stopped, stooped down, and wrote in the dust again. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where were your accusers? Didn't anyone, any one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. See, they brought the law up because Jesus had not been crucified yet. So there was, there was rules. But before he even, before he even, because Jesus came to abolish the rules. But before he even did that, he still recognized I have the authority to say, go and sin no more. And we, there's been lots of, you know, what did he stoop down? What caused them, what, what, caused, what caused those jokers to run? What caused them to leave? I always wonder why it was the oldest in the room first. That's because they had more time to sin. <laughs> it said the oldest left first. He was like, probably right. I don't know, but I mean, if he didn't have to say anything, he all, had all power in his hands and in his finger. Oh, so she was caught in adultery. What about that gambling problem you had, Johnny? He didn't say it. He just wrote it. I, I mean. But Jesus, she was caught in the, like she was in the act. Not we heard about it. We showed up afterwards. She was caught in the act. Yeah, but what about that stuff you've been smoking and cooking? Sin may look different today than it did back then, but it was still sin. And he said, you that have not done it at all, you can't cast the first stone. So inside of freedom, there has to be a turning away. Perhaps we, we're not walking in true freedom because we haven't turned away completely. Maybe he doesn't have all power, all authority, and he's not our true influence. Okay, Okay, I'm going to bring this to you real, real quick. Ready? Here we go. I want to give you four ways to walk in freedom every day. Four ways. The first one is this. Have an attitude of gratitude. You just got to wake up, look in the mirror, and be okay with it all. You know what I say? Okay, God, you took all my hair. Trying to keep me humble. I get it. I get it. You took all my hair. You got to be okay with the curves. You gotta be okay with where you are. That's how you get grateful. An attitude of gratitude. Touch your neighbor. Tell him to say, 
Be grateful. Be grateful. So you got to embrace all of it. You got to embrace the curves. You got to embrace your personality. You got to embrace uh, the, the comfortableness, the comfort of your own skin. And you got to put on joy. Everybody say, put on joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. You got to put it on. You got to put joy on. There's sometimes that before, after a long day, before I walk in the house, if Angela and Amy get in there before I do, I, I sometimes got to pull that visor down, look at myself, and just smile. Look at your neighbor and do it. Just. <laughs> you know why? You know why I got to do that? Because I have a wife that I've been married to for almost 20 years coming, coming up in April. I got, I got, still got one, one daughter in the house. They're counting on me to make sure that I leave the atmosphere right. I can't walk in the house and be a thermostat and go, yep, it's been a hellacious day. It sucks. I don't want to be here. Forget this. Or I can walk in and, and, and my, in, in, inside of me acknowledge it's been a hellacious week. But I'm going to change the temperature because I'm a, th I'm a thermostat, not a thermometer. I don't need to bring that junk in my house. Come on, Come on. <clears throat> Listen, something I learned about God a long time ago, you've heard me say this. God is not a forcer. He is a filler. He won't force Nehemiah on you. He won't force that joy on you. You've got to choose to put it on. Come on. He's not a forcer. He's a filler. And if you'll give him room to fill, he will fill you up. He'll fill you with freedom. But he can't fill you if there's other stuff occupying the space. Colossians 2.7. Colossians 2.7. Let your roots, those of you that, that I, I've talked to, get ready. Greg Michael. Let your roots grow Sown into him. Everybody say into him. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you we were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Almost. Not yet. Just, just hang tight. You're, you're right. I was just trying to get you in here. Everybody say deep roots. I'm going to give you let me give you another scripture verse. James 1 2 says this. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Let me give you an example. Those of you that have been rolling with us for a little while, you know that I don't have the best luck with vehicles. <laughs> as a matter of fact, last week, what did I say? It's never a perfect time to have a flat tire. Uh, and literally somebody in the church went out to the parking lot and they got a flat. <laughs> Last Sunday. So you know, I, 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 for the past couple years, I've been rolling in a vehicle that I spent more time on the side of the road than I did between the lines. And so when we sold our house, I, I, I was like, told Amy, I said, the first thing we got to do is we got to trade that car in. Which too much, it's too expensive to keep it rolling. I said, I didn't get a new car. I just upgraded a couple years. But... And literally, right after I got that one, I had issues with the battery. I've had, I, dude, it's been crazy. And, 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 and then, uh, four weeks ago, I had to have the lifters replaced. And I didn't pay for the extra warranty. But because I honor God's word, and I tithe, can I tell you, I would have spent over five grand with all the work they did. They had my car for four weeks. That's why y'all didn't see me. I was out on the road, but you didn't see me. I, they gave me a little car, a little courtesy car. They paid more than half. The dealership paid more than half. For that engine job. I would have had to pay all, all, all. Let me say all, all. But because of my obedience. And then after I bought the car, my, my wheels started, um, like I had leprosy. It just started flaking off. And I didn't pay, I, I didn't pay for, I didn't pay for the, the extra for the tire and wheel covers either. But the guy at the dealership told me that if you'll buy the insurance, now we'll backdate it, wait 30 days, and you can get it. 
30 days came and gone, and I called in. They're like, yeah, but this is not a road hazard. You bought road hazard. And wheels are $1,200 a piece. But she said, let me see what I can do. Take a picture of them. I took a picture of them. So, so while they had my car for four weeks, they replaced all four wheels. Pastor B paid absolutely nothing. 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 I get my car back this week. It felt so weird because I've been driving a little bitty car. And I it felt weird. So me and Amy made some plans to go to go um, to Ocala uh, Friday, I think it was, wasn't it? And and we pulled out on right, right on 19 right in front of the DOT, and there goes Adam Hires. And I threw my hand up, and we pulled out. He was heading to go mow grass, and, and we pulled out. By that time, I heard something go. Oh. I thought it was just my mind. <laughs> I looked at Amy. She looked at me, and she confirmed yes. So I. I Put my digits over on the, on the, on the, on the, um, let me see what my air pressure was. It went from 35 to 2, like that. Compliments. Of a sidewalk, what do they call that? Edger. That's an edger blade. It was literally sticking out of my tire. I called, I'm not going to finish this message today. I called Adam, I was like, Bro, I need you to turn around. He's like, I just saw you. I was like, I'm on the side of the road. Before I got him, because I sent him a text, I couldn't get him. He was on the other line. I called Miss Tammy. I was, because Amy was like, you need to call for help. But he don't like to ask for help. I don't like to inconvenience him. Adam's on his way to mow grass, and I've got to call him ask him to help me. So I'm there. He's like, just go ahead and get everything pulled out, and I'll be, I'll turn around and be right back. I'm in the back of my car. I hear somebody pull up, and I'm like, that's not Adam. I look, and there's Janelle. Janelle pulls up behind me. And then a few minutes later, Miss Tammy drives up. She's like, I saw, it was it you that said, I saw the gate up. I saw legs, but I couldn't tell if it was Pastor B's or not. We almost had half the church show up. Not one uh, deputy sheriff showed up, but two of them showed up. We finally got the tire changed, and I got it back down there to, to the dealership yesterday morning, and they pulled that thing out. And I'll never forget, Amy, when, when we're sitting there waiting on help, and it's raining, too, on top of that. We're on the side of the road, it's raining. And she said, I'm so surprised. She said, you're keeping calm. I was like, what difference does it make? What, am I, what, what is me getting upset going to do? I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy and my freedom. And so, but let me tell you something. Let me show you how fast my ability to stay in, stay where I'm supposed to be. So I, I put my phone on Amy's lap while she's in the car to keep her out of the rain. And when Janelle shows up, she gets out of the car, forgot that the phone was on her lap. My phone, my phone. You can track yours. My phone. She gets out and my phone lands straight face down on the, on the asphalt of the road. <laughs> Luckily, I had a screen protector. It looked like spiderweb, but it protect my phone. But can I tell you, even though I didn't let the devil steal, Janelle knows, I didn't let the devil steal my joy about my flat tire, but I about lost my mind over my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so see, I want you to understand that you can have a moment of freedom, and then you can turn right around the next moment, and the devil's going to jack slap you in the mouth, and you'll lose your joy. That's it. Hold on.
as you know, our parents passed. Robin passed September 25th of last year. Three weeks later, Dad had, Dad had a heart attack, and he went home to be with her. And, 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 and God. And Josh and Brittany and I were left. We're all left. It's been tough. I'm, I can honestly say that I'm the most healthiest today that I have been in 11 months. I don't mean physically. I mean emotionally and mentally. And it's been because of Christ. It's because of Christ. Last weekend, Brittany and Josh called me and said, hey, we're, Josh and I, it's a last-minute trip. We want to go. It's the first game back in the shoe, Ohio State. Do you want to go? And I was like, man, I would love to, but I just love y'all too much. I said, I could catch a flight after the game. I would get home about 1 or 2 in the morning and have to do service. And, and this is, let me just show you. It's not to put me on a pedestal, but I understand where God has us. And I understand the sacrifices that need to be made. I'm only using my life as an example to tell you this so that you can say, maybe I need to start sacrificing things that I would have loved to have been in that game. <laughs> Until I realized that we lost. That would have been the worst ticket and worst flight I ever paid for. So, so as you know, I forgot the brick. Oh, God. I forgot I meant to bring it. The Ohio State University does a brick program where you can buy a paper. It's a fundraiser they do. You can put it in grave on it, and they'll put it in the ground outside the stadium. Last year, I, I did one, or the beginning of this year, I did one. And it just said, um, Dennis Weber, and his birthday, and the day he passed, and it said, um, always a Buckeye, O-H-I, or something like that. And so I told Josh and Brittany where, because I'm going, I'm, I'm going, I'm going. Um, Next month, I've made the decision that I don't want to be here on uh, the day that I found that. I don't want the day to be consumed with those memories because I now live in, we now live in the house where I found him. And so I'm going to go up there on, on the 19th, so I'm not here on the 20th, and, and then I'll come back home because I want to be surrounded by every good memory that I have. I'm going somewhere. Hold on. And so... So I told Josh and Brittany, I was like, um, here's the map of where it's going to be outside of gate 25. I said, she's like, you want me to FaceTime you when we get there? I said, yep, please do. I want to see. Because I've not seen it in person other than the replica that we also purchased and it's in our home. So Brittany and them get to the stadium on Friday. There's nobody there. It's the day before game day. Nobody's there. Quiet, beautiful, blue sky. It's just Josh and Brittany. And they took a picture of the big dome. That's the original uh, uh, entrance to the to the stadium known as the shoe. And Dad loved that 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 like that was the only area of the original shoe that's still shown. All the other stuff has been camouflaged by the new stadium. And so we got I, I can show you hundreds of pictures that we've taken in front of this area, the dome, with Dad. So Brittany goes over, she snaps the picture, and she goes home, and she walk around and they 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 um they video their feet some of y'all might have saw it on instagram and video their feet going up to the, the walk and, and they showed me uh, exactly where the brick was this was friday they go to the game saturday buckeyes lost they come home sunday fly home sunday sunday night Brittany calls me on the phone and she's crying she said i'm fixing to send you a picture of the dome she said, I didn't know that my phone was set up on auto, which means it's a two-second video. She said, I want you to tell me what voice you hear. Just a moment, you're going to hear the voice my dad left her prior to his passing. 
Because I wanted to give, I know my father's voice. I know my daddy's voice. I know my dad's voice. There is no that there was nobody at that stadium. Not a single person heard Josh. Who do y'all think's voice that was? I went straight to a voicemail and dad says, hey, Bradley, listen to this voicemail. This is a video that, that Bridget sent me of, of her voicemail so that I could compare. Check this out. Hey, Lord, we're checking on you. Make sure you're okay. Uh, know that the Lord will go before you and uh, he will direct and order your steps. Let me give up. Release all the food. Have a good day. No, I wanted to. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, one group, we're checking on it. Make sure you're okay. Sorry. I know that the Lord will go before you and uh, he will direct and order your steps. Let me give up. Release all the food. Have a good day. Stay connected. 
stay connected to this body. You know why I shared about me being on the side of the road? Because I'm connected to a body. I'm connected to people. That when things go wrong, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not afraid because I'm not alone. I'm not scared because I'm not alone. Seek the heart of God more than anything. The closer that you get, the less those things of your past will entice you. The closer that you get, the less you'll hear the voice of the enemy that says, but don't you want to do this? Don't you want to look at her? Oh my gosh, look at him. He's got what your husband doesn't have. Tell that devil to go to hell. Our city is going to be set free. Our city is going to be set free. All these religious walls between churches, they go crumble. Whether the pastors want it to be or not, whether the people that been on the board for 55 years or not, God's going to make them crumble. God is doing something in this city. Watch and see. Watch and see. Watch and see. Enlarge our influence. Continue to draw broken, hurting people. And may we present, continue to present the gospel in a way that they... We just want to love people like you love people. We want to see the broken put back together. And those that are trapped set free. Bring light to dark places. Jesus name. In Jesus name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. It was a good day to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, have a great week. We'll pick up part two of how to walk in freedom next week. We love you guys. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media, or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world. God bless you. Have an awesome week.